and welcome to this episode of Conscious Design. I'm your host, Ian Peterman, an author of the Conscious Design book. And today I'm excited to have Ryan. He's the co-founder and CEO of Clean Cult. They make non-plastic containers for eco-friendly soaps and cleaning supplies, which is amazing. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ian. Yeah, so first, I love the idea. I think we under actually just interviewed Boxed Water, which- Yes, I know Rob personally. Love it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a great, great story. Great idea. And I love that you guys are taking that and going, yeah, we can put other stuff in there too. It, yep. <laughs> it works. So yep. to start off though, for, for all of our listeners would love to have you take a little step back and dive into what, what got you, maybe it's your friendship, <laughs> but what got you to go? Yeah, we want to, we want to start this company and yep. put soap in a box. Yeah, so Boxwater was actually an early inspiration for us. So we've kind of seen that brand um, start to shift the category. So they were absolutely, you know, one of the brands we looked up to in the early days. But, um, you know, our story is a little different. So, you know, I'm born and raised in Boulder, Colorado. So always been very natural, crunchy, um, grew up with, with very, frankly, hippie parents. <laughs> and uh, the thing. Exactly. Composting too, even Composting, back then. Composting, yes. Don't forget that one. Exactly. So we really kind of grew up in this sphere, um, you know, worked for a social venture accelerator that supported better for you businesses and fell in love with their ability to change, right? Change the system, change categories, change behavior, right? And then went to business school on the East Coast at, at Babson. And when I was there, I looked at the back of my bottle of laundry detergent and I didn't see any ingredients listed. I'm still Boulder Kid at that point. It's like, why aren't there ingredients on the back of my cleaning products? It's on everything else. So it was like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, so you just sent me down this huge, huge research path back then. It was, you know, what are the ingredients? What are in our cleaning products? Turns out 3% of the weight of your clothes is actually leftover laundry detergent. So it's, it's on you every day. And so the more research I did, the more I realized the category is highly unregulated. So you have the EPA, the FDA, the USDA, but they focus on what's in you, right? Now what's, or not what, or what's on you, not what's around you. Right. So technically a laundry right. is um, on you. So a lot of toxins, 1500 chemicals that are banned overseas that are allowed here in the States, a lot of untested ingredients, just, you know, carcinogenic, dirty stuff. Right. So then we look for the natural products, Method, Myers, Seven Generation, Baby Ganics, and they all use plastic. For me, and I was like, how can these better for the world brands use petroleum based plastic packaging at scale? And, you know, you walk retailers and it's a wave of plastic that, frankly, falls on you, especially in laundry detergent denial. It is just so much waste. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So then I went on another journey. I tried concentrates, DIY, vinegar, powders, but yeah. none of it worked very well. That's a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, literally, it really is. And, uh, you know, nothing worked for me. And I was like, why isn't there a solution that had a zero reduced waste packaging that used something that was not plastic? with a really easy and effective formulation that uses clean and biodegradable ingredients. So we kind of had this aha moment um, and then launched Clean Cult. So in 2016, we kind of had this idea. It took us three years to actually get to launch. And we are actually the first company in the world to put soap cleaners and detergent in a milk carton instead of a plastic bottle, very similar to box water. And now we are also launching our new filled and refillable aluminum bottles to pair directly with your, your refill. So it's really, how do we shift this entire category away from plastic, but without changing behavior? That's always been our vision. Yeah, I think that's that's so important. It's fine. I was just doing another interview recently, and we were talking about 
kind of that idea of you got to make it sustainable is cool unless yep. it's really hard to do. And totally. then, you know, like, like the rabbit hole that you drove, dove down. Yeah. You can make it yourself. You can do, you know, there's powders, there's all of these options, but if it doesn't, if it's not easy, it's really yep. hard to move consumers yep. over, <laughs> over to a better option. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what's challenging and frankly, it's just how our system works. It's even you think about a tablet or a concentrate, and then you think of a mass retail environment like a Target or Walmart, even if it's easy, it gets lost in those shelves, right? Because they're so tiny compared mm. to these big jugs. So it's even like institutionally or structurally, it's really hard for these other reduced waste form factors to break through because they just can't win in, the, in that retail environment. Oh, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. But it's so it, that is so true. Like people packaging right it's all about yep. packaging and shelf space so if you can make your product bigger then you have more you have more marketing you basically have a bigger ad spot yeah. than your competitor if your giant bottle is there you can you know tide <laughs> takes over however, however much space in in, in a store yeah exactly what what has been i three years that actually sounds like a pretty pretty fast development time to go to a whole new packaging now did you you've developed your own formulas for the actual what goes inside and then the packaging talk a little bit about that journey because yep. it's a, you know yep. it, sounds, it sounds like a bit of a journey to get there yep. yeah for for me we call it dog years right three years did not feel <laughs> like a short time and then when we actually launched we call them almost the dark years because our first products leaked and dripped and all that mm. soap that you put in that paper packaging destroyed it. And so we had uh, some really challenging years when we went to commercialization and scale. But I mean, early days, we've basically seen three waves of household cleaning products, right? So wave one, conventional products, high efficacy petroleum-based cleaners after World War II. Everyone bought machines. The middle class really came alive, right? Then we right. saw wave two. This was seventh generation in the 90s said, why do we have to use um, petroleum-based ingredients? What about plant-based? But super dark green, right? And very natural. Didn't work that well back then. Then right. we had wave 2.5. We call it Method Mrs. Myers. They are made natural cleaning accessible and attractive and frankly, like sexy packaging, right? And right. works well. So they made it accessible. But now we're in wave three. So it's clean from start to finish. So it's not just packaging, it's also formulations. It's also end of life. It's also shipping. So when we set out this business, it was what is clean from start to finish? It was really clean ingredients that are biodegradable, right? Mostly made from plant-based sources. Um, packaging that was recyclable and paper-based. So we get the, that end of life. And then also shipping. So we're actually carbon neutral. Um, we partner with, with Carbon Fund as well as um, actually a different organization out in Columbia to ensure that again, every piece of our cycle is clean. So mm. we've always wanted to do that from day one. So we actually developed our own formulations, um, really clean ingredients, mostly based on coconuts. We have super clean cleaning products. So we tested with Sterling Research Laboratory to make sure we could kill um, all those stains and really go after some of the, the dirtiest dirt, <laughs> both in clothes and hand soap and dish soap. Um, yeah, so that's about what we do. We really, frankly, had to take a big step back and say, how do we fundamentally rethink cleaning? Because it was, we need to do all of these things well. It wasn't just packaging well. Um, so we really wanted to do all, all of it above. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's as the approach that I wish everyone everyone would take is how do you because you really thought about all of the steps and that's actually the, the whole reason I have this podcast and I wrote a book is is to try to get more people to do that well yeah it's great the packaging that's a level right is cool packaging good packaging sustainable packaging but there's a bunch of other things something that that can't, you mentioned that kind of surprised me a little bit I'm not I guess not really now that I'm thinking more and more about it, but how unregulated so a cleaning industry is because it's used everywhere and there's industrial applications. There's all kinds of cleaning. Cleaning literally happens all the time (laughs) everywhere that's happening. So that's an interesting thing that it's so unregulated. Are you, are you seeing a change in that at all? Is there, is yeah, push for it or how how is that world of cleaning? Yeah. The challenge is there's so many chemicals and ingredients, right? So um there's basically three different subcategories. And we could geek out about this. So if we go down this rabbit hole, we could take it back up. But there's, rabbit holes. there's uh pesticides, which actually includes disinfectants like hand sanitizers or antibacterial products. There's cleaners. And there's soap and they're actually completely three different categories. So I think about my all-purpose cleaner, that's actually a disinfectant if it says 99.9% antibacterial, right? It's a whole different ball game and different regulatory body, right? So I say that, so in cleaners specifically, so away from soap, just cleaners, that's like dish soap, all-purpose cleaner, laundry detergent, that's regulated by, it's called CIFRA. And on a national scale, the EPA regulates the guidelines from CIFRA. The challenge there is they tackle big issues like lead paint, um, like, you know, uh, asbestos, like these really bad ingredients. And or, for example, one fardoxane, which is also a carcinogenic. But there's so many ingredients out there right now that it's just untested. Right. So. The U.S. far lags in some of this ingredient development compared to the EU. Like I mentioned, the U.K. has 1,500 chemicals that are banned that we allow here in the States. So it's just it's an uncertain category right now. It's just we don't have enough resources and time um, or focus as a country right now to regulate this. So the two leaders have actually been states. So California has no it's in your cleaners, basically. In 2016, they passed a law. So cleaners have to start labeling. And so did New York in 2020, which is a little bit more um, even broad. So it's happening, but it's on the state level versus the national level. And it just takes time to to catch up. Are you finding, because I know com- companies just make different versions for each country. Like I've seen the comparison between, you know, like Quaker Oats in the UK versus the US. It's yep. two, two different ingredient lists, which yep. never made sense to me because it, it would seem like you would just have the same product. Are are you seeing that as a benefit? Because you're, I would assume that you're, what you're doing is EU certified, then you, you would be able to, you're not, you're not using all those banned things. Yeah. You know, one Are day, you- one day we'd love to be there. We, we frankly, uh, US is a big place. We waste a lot of plastic. Um, I mean, there's just over 500 million bottles that are, that pushed in the landfill every year here. And only like 6% gets recycled. So we see the U.S. as our number one focus. It's just a massive plastics waste crisis right now. Um, one day we'll go to the EU, but we're not. We're not. We're not talking not that market. Yet. Not there yet. One day. <laughs> yeah. So that is our goal. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a good. I guess a good point. We we do 
<laughs> do waste a lot yeah. uh, for your product. Cause I saw you, you, and you, you just showed the alumnus. So you have the actual, so your idea is it's refillable, right? You have a dispenser permanent, don't throw it away, not plastic. Yep. And then you're ordering basically these refills that you then refill with. Yep. And that's, I feel like it's a pretty easy, pretty easy. That's sort of how most people do it now rather than, and you don't have to do anything to it. It's not a con, is yep. it a concentrate or you're yep. just ready, ready to use basically. Ready to use. We call them our RTUs. Yeah. I mean, to your point, it's, we, so when we launched this brand in 2019, we're slightly premium to uh, the leading natural cleaners and it worked, right? But we really found out with a lot of the research we've done that just people aren't willing to pay more, period. They are willing to pay more from the conventional products, like, you know, imagine a soft soap. Um, right. They're not willing to pay more than the leading naturals. So it took us a long time to frankly realize that is people aren't willing to pay more for reduced waste solutions generally, but they are willing to choose reduced waste solutions if they're priced at the same, right? So that was really kind of our aha moment. So our refills are distributed nationwide at Walmart, um, Kroger, CVS, Walgreens, um, and launching in many more retailers here in the next six months as well. And we're now one of the best-selling refills in, in these doors, which is super exciting. Um, but even with that growth, we noticed that refill, our carton, didn't pair with just a really good, easy, ready-to-use bottle at $5, right? The general price point in the market. So we've now spent the last two years, after we've innovated with a carton, it's what material could be launched and used in your home that looked great, was ready to use, that could retail under $5, but be refilled forever. Um, and we landed on aluminum. So we're actually the first company in the United States in the mass market um, launching filled and ready-to-use aluminum uh, in excuse me, aluminum all-purpose cleaner in dish bottles. So they're launching in your neighborhood store. I can't say which, but in about two weeks here. So uh, late October. And um, that really is directly paired with a refill based on all the learning. So it's how do we tackle this category, change all this behavior, but without changing behavior. It's always been our, our vision here. Hey, it's Ian here. So glad you're enjoying this episode of Conscious Design. If you want the full scoop on Conscious Design, what it is, how we do it, how you can do it, then check out our book. We wrote it so creative entrepreneurs like you can code social and environmental responsibility right into your brand's DNA. You can download the first chapter for free. Link is in the description. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Yeah, well, that's great. About when this episode goes live or around there, you'll be you'll be in some more stores. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Now mm -hmm. you've developed the this dispenser. Do you have to use plastic components? Like how how aluminum were you, were you able to make make it? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's two pieces that um, even if you go to what's called PLA, which is a plant based plastic, you will always have some, right? So we've actually basically partnered with the U.S. Plastics Pact as well as with the U.S. Plastic Coalition to remove plastic from this. So the two components that just exists and is frankly impossible to get them out of usage is the plastic cap on that carton that's still recyclable, but it is plastic, even if it's a plant-based plastic, and then the plastic spray trigger on the aluminum bottle. So that aluminum bottle is 100% plastic free, but that trigger, even if it can be used for one, three, five, 10 years, it is plastic. But we've sponsored with an organization 
to remove all that plastic out of here. I can even show you. So we're certified plastic neutral. I don't know if you can see that on the bottle. Um, so that for every plastic piece that we do have to use, we actually take that out of the ocean and uh, remove that entirely from, from the ecosystem. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's a, I haven't, hadn't heard of that organization. That's really yep. awesome. So it's kind it of like is. A, a, kind of like a carbon credit yeah. sort of thing where it's, hey, like we're going to remove it over here, even though yep. we have to use it over here. Yep. So it's it's similar to a carbon credit. I would just say much more trackable and actionable. So we work with a program called Sweeney Azul in Colombia that basically, you know, let's say we sell a million bottles and of the million bottles, it is um, a million caps. And of those caps, even though they're recycled, we're just going to say we did have to create those because we're trying to do more credit, take more out of the environment that we put in and do much better than all the other companies. Um, so let's say it's a million little caps. So that would be you know, a hundred thousand pounds, not to say it would be, but 10,000 pounds of plastic, just for the example. So we actually then go partnered with our Sweeney Azul, take all of that plastic out of local rivers, lakes, even streets, and then actually repurpose that into a composite building material. And that's all on our website um, to then actually be used again, back in actually something industrial. That's awesome. And so you can yeah. do that, even though like, let's say you were able to move to a biodegradable plastic You'd yep. still be able to do that, and that would offset Correct. even more. <laughs> Correct. What, what you're able to do—that's amazing. Yeah, that's again. It's like we want to keep keep moving the industry, and there's you know we've all seen it, but some of these big strategics, like the biggest companies in consumer goods, they're having record profits, right? Like there's no excuse for them not to start moving this direction, but it's going to take consumers and people helping them, putting the pressure on to move them there. Um, so the programs are out there to start shifting and changing this category and just even the downstream effects, but it really is going to take investment to, to do so. Right. Well, I mean, it's great. I think carbon, right. People are aware of, we think about it, carbon offset, yep. even, uh, you know, if you ship something like UPS has an option, like, oh, pay an extra whatever, yep. and we'll plant some trees and do car carbon offset. Right. Um, yep. So that's there It's ingrained. Consumers know about it. I didn't know about so great always always happy to learn more more things always <laughs> I think every time I talk to someone I learn something new yeah. uh, I love the idea right it's it's saying yeah we can we can also fund that and do yeah. that and I think it's I think it's a better way because com companies right you would maybe do a charity or something like that I think mm -hmm. this is a little can be a little bit more actionable for people and more specific and going, Hey, well, yeah, my money is going to actually clean up this specifically. Yeah. I know exactly, I know exactly what the money's doing. And I think that transparency speaks to what you're building as a brand, which is great. Yeah. No, it's a goal. And I think, you know, it's interesting internally, we say it's like CE, CSE versus CSR, right? So corporate social integration, CSI, excuse me, not CSE, corporate social integration is the work you do automatically benefits your, your mission effectively, right? So cartons reduce plastic, it's embedded in the system, right? Corporate right. social responsibility would be, okay, we are selling certain pieces. How do we then offset that, right? So it's like, we don't just believe in CSR. We also want it to be CSI, but it's like, how do we do both here? How do we integrate our products into solving the problem, but also any of the intangibles 
how do we also solve that? So it's really, again, going back to like clean from start to finish is how do we address it? Yeah, I I, I love I love that you sat and you actually thought about it and go, what can we do? What can we actually do to make it start to finish? Yep. Is there, are you, you've launched your products, right? You're, you're launching this bottle. Where do you see the brand? Like what's your, what's your long-term 10, five, 10 years from now? Yep. What's your, what's your goal? What's your target? Yep. Yeah. I mean, so we launched in 2019. Uh, direct to consumer and really we're a direct consumer focused business. So start with bottles and then get refills on a subscription, um, right. built the business to a, a, you know, a fairly healthy size and then moved into retail in 2021, um, basically iterated and figure out how we win in retail in 2022. And in 2023, we launched nationwide at Walmart. So 17 SKUs as many as 3000 doors, really went deep with the retailer and they are actively shifting these categories. It's really exciting to see what they're doing um, just with the size and scale that they are. Um, Launching earlier this year, launching in another major retailer um, across club as well as grocery um, here in the US. So you ask about the vision, I think it's continuing to grow distribution because the more distribution that we have, the more the category shifts away from plastic. Um, I think international is an option for us, like you mentioned in Europe and both Canada is how do we move into other um, territories and start to do this too. And then there's also category expansion, right? You know, you think about that carton, what else is great in a carton? You Shampoo, body wash, conditioner. There's so many liquids mm. that live in our home that could be also transitioned away from big plastic bottles. So we want to win in cleaning and hand soap, but- it gives us the right to play in a bunch of different categories. So to be honest, I think we're just getting started and there's so much more room to, to run. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. I think there's, like you said, there's so many, I'm just thinking through all the soaps that we have, right. There's dishwasher yep. soap, there's laundry detergent. <laughs> and then yep. and then the bathroom, the bathroom is a whole yep. bunch of just plastic bottles <laughs> everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So, we did, we did a campaign called the plastics purge earlier this year. And uh, basically challenged, you had to count how many plastic bottles were in just one room of your house and cleaning and then replace it with the plastic purge. And it's crazy. I mean, you go in your kitchen, there's 19 bottles on average in that kitchen just in cleaning because you have all these hidden things under the shelf. You have hand soap there. You have dish soap. You have auto dish detergent. You have floor cleaner. You have, so there's literally on average, it's like 19 bottles in the kitchen alone. And you think that you open up that cupboard that's underneath the, your your main sink oh, there? Oh, don't, just... don't. <laughs> exactly. It's just <laughs> that's yeah. gotta that's gotta be the black budget. We don't see it. We don't ask about it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yep. that's that's crazy. Nineteen is an average. I mean, yep. I'm sure I'm gonna later today go and count, and I'll you count. I'll, I'll know. <laughs> I I know it's gonna be there. And we're pretty, you know, we're pretty sustainable in what we, what we try to do, but it, there's, you know, there's just not options, right? It's, yes. Well, do you want, do you want dishwasher detergent? Great. It comes in a plastic tub of some kind. Exactly. You know, even, even the, even the packs, right? The one that it comes in a plastic tub. Yep. There's, no, <laughs> there's no option outside of, outside of that. Yep. So I would, yes, I would be very excited to see you guys tackle some more some more areas maybe do another another one of those uh purge in like three <laughs> years and uh yeah. see how much you can <laughs> wipe out with what you guys yep. are doing yeah that's, exactly that's amazing yeah. mm-hmm. i'd love to 
explore a little bit and, and hear from you because getting into Walmart, that's that's huge. That is a a massive undertake. And, and I've seen <laughs> I've seen that gone through that process a couple times, but I love just how was your experience? Because it's it's amazing that they're interested in this product, right? It's most yep. people don't associate Walmart with sustainability. Those those two words don't don't usually come come to mind at the same time. So how how was that process? How what got them interested? How were you able to yep. get that in? Because it's huge. I mean, it's a huge, huge place to be able to shift some plastic out. Yeah, but I think there's there's almost like three different variables when we think about it. So from like the business perspective, making sure your product is ready for retail, right? And it, it seems like no duh, but it really is a long development cycle. It took us two years to get ready. And when I think our, you know, our packaging was direct consumer in 2019 through 2021, it focused on ingredients, it focused on really mm -hmm. telling that story. But when we put that in retail the first time in 2021, it failed on shelf because our packaging was not retail optimized, right? And then I talked about price. Our higher price in the early days worked for some customers in some of our community online. Retail didn't work because you're right next to that $5, $8 bottle. So we really had to also sharpen our price. So from an entrepreneur perspective, it's like we had to be ready in all these different ways from supply chain to team to our order system to actually win in store. Um, mm. so that was the first part is just really being ready before you start to approach these. And the other two is you almost have two customers. You have our community of no plastic fanatics, our, our loyal, like clean cult community that we want to go after. That's, you know, the end, the customer or the consumer, or we, you know, we refer to them in different ways, but then you also have Walmart, which is another customer and they're almost, they want two different things. So retailers have big goals. And Walmart has very aggressive regeneration goals. So I frankly did not um, did not know that they had this deep of a focus and strategic pillar, but they arguably out of all retailers in the United States right now are leading the way. They have massive really? internal resources across almost every end goal from sourcing to shipping um, to packaging. It's just been really impressive to see so far. And, you know, frankly, They've tried four or five different reduced waste form factors over the last three or four years on the shelves and nothing worked. They tried concentrates, they tried tablets, they tried vials, they tried powders. Mm. So when they saw the solution, they were like, we think this is it because it's everything we've talked about, meeting the shopper, meeting her where she is and without changing behavior, but still getting rid of their plastic and still helping them hit their goals, right? So that was right. kind of the behind this. But then it was okay, this is great. You know, our supply team's ready. Um, the retailer really wants you in, but do people like you on shelf? Very simple. But, you know, the beauty of retail is that there's not that much to do once you're in store. You know, you could talk about TikTok, brand awareness, activations, trade, all these different promotions. But in the end, you live and die by how well does your product do on that shelf, right? And there's really not that many levers to pull to inflate it. Um, so that was a really important six months and we did quite well, right? So it was the first brand that's really resonated um, on their shelves again in this in this subcategory of reduction of waste in cleaning. And it was a little bit behind it. So it took years, I think, to be ready. Uh, I was in Bentonville almost 14 times this, <laughs> this year. Um, <laughs> and I do think it's how do you make this not just the launch, but a partnership? 
How do you really develop relationships across not just sales, but sustainability, marketing, executives, is how do you really build that bench across across the retailer and vice versa? Right. Well, and, that's, and it's interesting to hear that they've, and it's kind of good, right? That they've been trying. They've been like, yeah. trying all these other options. And so that's good. Good for you, right? It's good for you to know, okay, yeah, we are. Yeah, we thought this. And yep. if Walmart's proven out, nobody's willing to buy it. Because they can do a trial. They can do a real, <laughs> really good trial on probably hundreds of thousands of customers yep. pretty quickly and go, yeah, no one wants to buy it. No one. Yep. <laughs> it's exactly. a no. Nobody yep. wants it. Yep. So that, and that's also a great test for you of having gone through that. And, and they said, yeah, this is good. This we're, we're moving. Cause it is, it is. So people think about, you know, direct to consumer, like, oh yeah, we can build this customer relationship and you can nurture it. You can email people, right? There's all kinds of things you can do to connect. Yep. And when you put it on a shelf, like there's no salesperson, there's no you have whatever the the three seconds while they're looking down the aisle to see if if it catches their eye and they read it and they still like it then then they get to decide if it's worth it and it's all there's zero input like you you basically just just throw the ball and where it lands is where it's gonna land you're gonna you're, you yep. have no input after that yeah. And it depends on the retailer. Right. Um, but Walmart is the, you know, it's everyday low price. So there are no promotion abilities. So, you know, you can affect it in some ways, but to your point, it, it works or it doesn't work. And it's pretty black or white, um, which is good. Uh, again, it's quick validation of the product, the brand and, and the vision. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome. This is, this is exciting. I'm glad to, glad to see that someone finally saw boxed water and, and, uh, said yeah that can that can do more things you got to tweak it yeah, it's not we, just we water be, so yeah we, we know rob where it, it's it's shared it's how do we all become carton champions here right because there's so many more form factors so many more products that could go into cartons right. but it's challenging from a machinery perspective from a um yeah you know manufacturing perspective very hard the first two years everything leaked we had a negative gross margin really hard early days um but yeah, so we really, it's like, how do we partner with brands like Boxwater and all take a stand against plastic? Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it's great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk through this, share a bit about your journey. Amazing product. I love what you're doing. And we just want to make sure last little bit as we wrap up, anything else you want to add? And then also, of course, please share where people can find you by finding your products walmart but also direct sales i know are good yep. ones, so <laughs> yeah well just thank you so much for having me on today um so i think they're just closing i think for us we always like closing with this these categories never used to be this way it's very recently that they are now liquid products in big plastic jugs just 20 mm -hmm. 30 years ago it was powder in a box right and 75 yeah. years ago it was ivory so <laughs> Again, it's we think that these categories have always looked this way, but it's absolutely not true. It's a very recent development, right? So it's like, if it didn't always used to be that way, it doesn't always have to be that way. We can shift the categories and we believe we we fundamentally can shift what we see today. Right? So we always like ending like that. It's just, I think there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of options to, to move the needle. Um, you can find us at Walmart. You can find us on Amazon. You can find us at our own site, cleancult.com. Um, 
and we hope you join the clean call. Fantastic. Yeah, I love that. I love that last point. Is people forget that, right? The, it has changed. It wasn't <laughs> your your grandma did not buy soap like you do. <laughs> yes, it's true. Even your parents, to some extent, depending on how old they are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. love that. Thank you so yeah. much. Really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, likewise. Thanks again for having me. Yep. <laughs>